I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. On today's show, I'll speak with Crystal Carpenter, founder and chair of the Special Angels Foundation, an organization that supports families raising children with special needs. Their mission is to provide support for families who need therapies, equipment, or other resources. On March 26th, they will host a Top Golf charity fundraiser in Ontario. Also on the show, we'll learn about the San Bernardino Spartans Football Association and a team made up of first responders. I'll speak with Derek Alator, team president. But up first, it's my conversation with Crystal Carpenter, founder of the Special Angels Foundation. Now, I'm not familiar with this organization, but I like the name very much. So what is Special Angels Foundation and what's their mission? Special Angels Foundation support families raising children with disabilities. Our mission is to support them with therapy, equipment, and resources. The reason why we started Special Angels is to help families that are struggling. Some of our families have to come out of pocket for co-pays, and they can't afford to consistently send their kids to therapy because they can't afford the co-pays that have to be paid when the service is rendered. Well, beautiful. I'm glad that those services are available in our community. Tell me what special needs, what types of therapies are needed, what therapies you're helping to cover the costs of for families in need. A lot of families need help with autism. There are kids with autism that have behavior issues. They are unable to function emotionally because some of the different sensory disabilities cause kids to feel uneasy. So horse therapy. Horse therapy is some of the families that apply for that. They apply for it because they want to calm their children. We support developmental. Some kids are having a difficult time with just sitting up being able to eat. So we come in and we provide $1,500 for therapy for their kids to get the type of support and aid they need without coming out of their pockets. Wow, $1,500 is really a good amount. That can go a long way for some of these therapies. Now, tell me, why was this organization important to you personally, for you and your husband, right? Yes. I am a retired teacher from San Bernardino. I worked in a juvenile detention center for the last five years of my career. When I walked into that facility, I saw children being treated for their disability with medication. And then they would send their kids to my classroom. And this was a heart-wrenching situation for me because kids were coming in as young as 11 years old. They were not able to stay awake They were not even able to hold a pencil in their hand and concentrate on the lessons because they were heavily medicated. And I was very heartbroken because I saw some of these kids giving up on themselves, giving up on life. And so I wanted to, after I retired, to start beginning to reach down and help our kids in our communities and not let them feel like they were hopeless in our society. And that was my professional experience. My personal experience, 12 years ago almost, my daughter had twins, and they were born prematurely as a result of that. 
they were born about 28 weeks, and they were born with the worst case of cerebral palsy. They are almost 12, and they cannot sit up. They cannot actively, independently feed themselves, and they have a difficult time in life because they wheelchair-bound, and my daughter can't get any support financially for her children because she's a child protective custody worker and she makes too much money. As a result of this, they have been denied services, and so she has to come out of pocket for health care, for child care, for every equipment they need, and the insurance only provide a wheelchair every few years. So when I saw these things happening in my personal life and in my professional life, I felt like someone needed to step in and provide some type of resources, some type of hope for our families that are out here struggling on a daily basis. And so that's one of my heartbeats for Special Angels Foundation, and that is what we want to do throughout the country. We are not limited to a particular area, and we are not limited to a disability Well, it's beautiful, the work that you and your husband are doing. I wanted to ask who is eligible to submit. What's the process if a family's listening and they're struggling right now and they could really use 500,000, 1,500, whatever it is, to get some kind of service for their child or their niece or nephew, whoever they're taking care of? What's the process that they would go through? The process is very simple. They go to our website, specialangelsfoundation.org and they apply for a grant. They have to submit the documentation identifying the child's disability, which is private and secure, and we will review it with our board. Once we verify everything, Special Angels award $2,500 for equipment, and we award $1,500 for therapy. We do have a medical physician. If we have any questions, he will review the information. So we do have experts that can come on and assist us in the process. But once the disability is identified and the need is met, we will submit the money to the facility that is treating the child. Oh, I see. So it goes directly to providing the service to them rather than to the family themselves. That way you know it's actually going to equestrian therapy or whatever it is. Yes. How often can a family apply? Every other year, a family can apply up to the child's 18th birthday. Once the child turns 18, they are eligible to apply on their own for services. My daughter, she lives in Henderson, Nevada. In her state, she is not able to apply for Social Security or any resources out there because she makes too much money. And some of our families fall into these types of gaps where they are working class and they are providing for their families as they struggle raising their children with disabilities. And then they find out that they don't qualify because of their income. Right. And so some of the regional centers here in California, mm-hmm. they provide services for families. Yeah, I was wondering why your daughter wasn't eligible, but now I understand why she doesn't get regional center services. It's because she lives in Nevada. 
Right. Yeah, because she would easily qualify with cerebral palsy being one of the disabilities that they do fund services for. Let me reintroduce our guest is Crystal Carpenter. She is one of the founders of Special Angels Foundation, located here in the Inland Empire region, but their services and support goes beyond the Inland Empire. In learning more about you, there's projects or services or resources. What are the resources? Resources are outreaches that we connect with helping families navigate through their situation with their child. There may be some organizations that you know have therapy and you might connect that family. So you become a resource center in essence, trying to connect them to the maybe the right foundation for them to get the services. Is that how you do that? Yes. There's a lot of uh, families that are searching for answers. And sometimes they can't find them through some of the resources that they have knowledge of. When they contact us, if we cannot help them, then we maybe know someone, other foundations. And so we will put them in touch with others. Or there's sometimes we know of a family that maybe needs something, equipment or services, and we can refer that person to them. Uh, We do have families call it sometimes for equipment that they want to donate. Their kid is no longer able to use it. They grew out of it. And so we will say, hey, we know someone that may have a motorized wheelchair that you can use until you are able to qualify again for your own. My grandson, I just watched him. uh, He's 11, and he has severe uh, disability. He's not able to see, nonverbal. I was driving him in a regular car seat. Well, because of his his hands, the way he holds them, the car seat scratched his hands and cut his his, uh, skin open. And I had no knowledge Mm -hmm. I'm in the front seat driving. And after that, I got out the car and picked him up. I saw his hand bleeding. And because he can't communicate and because I didn't see this happening, He didn't even cry, and I didn't know what was going on. Well, these are some of the things that families face when they have disabled children that are nonverbal. They can't ascertain immediately what's going on with them. So now my daughter, she was online. She's looking for a car seat for a special need child. And the one that she found is $2,500. And she said, oh, my God, this is so expensive. I could not afford this on my own. She hasn't applied for it, but she's using a towel to cover his hands in order to navigate with him in the car until she does put in a grant for him. So this is a story because $2,500 coming out of someone's pocket for a car seat is sometimes impossible, and they can't afford it. And so that's where we come in at. We want to be the mental person that can jump in and say, don't worry, we can take care of your car seat for you. So, Crystal, clearly this is so important to you, this topic as an educator, as a, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a sibling. Uh, you get the, the need and understand the need for so many of these families. But it takes money for you to give the money away. How do you go about raising the funds, or what projects do you use? Or And the foundation is fairly new, so how will you and Gary raise funds so that you can continue to support families throughout the communities? We are so blessed to have 
partners that give every month $25 and up to support Special Angels Foundation. They have been given since the day we started, which is in 2017. And then throughout the year, we have fundraising events. March 26th, we will have our first annual Top Golf charity fundraiser. And how does that work, a Top Golf? I know what it is, but maybe you could tell me, because it's not exactly a golf tournament, like the traditional golf tournaments. What is Top yeah. Golf? It is a driving range. They go out, they hit the ball out in the field. We rented out the third floor. A bay is six players in each area, and they have an event called the hole-in-one. If the ball lands in the hole, Top Golf will pay the cash prize. If you're not a golfer and you want to come out, you can come out for $85, which is unlimited food, comedy, karaoke, and fun. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, Thank you to you and Gary for creating such a foundation for families to take care of their loved ones. We appreciate it, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. To learn more about the Special Angels Foundation, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on today's show. You're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, I'll speak with Derek Alator, team president of the San Bernardino Spartans Football Association, a football team comprised of police and fire or first responders. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, my guest now is Derek Alator. He's the president of the San Bernardino Spartans Football Association, a football team comprised of first responders. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. Before we talk about the local team and the association, tell me what the National Public Safety Football League, what it is and how it came about. Okay. In short, it's the NPSFL. It is a league comprised of teams throughout the country. We are a part of the league for our area, which is San Bernardino Riverside counties. There are also teams in L.A., San Diego, Orange County, locally here. And then across the country, you have teams in New York, like the NYPD, FDNY, teams in Texas, North Carolina, Florida, all over. Our league is a big nonprofit. We've contributed funds with all the teams contributing to the Ronald McDonald House for many years, contributing upwards of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars collectively. I think it's been around since the early 90s, and it really just gives uh, all the teams sort of to be organized under one umbrella to compete against each other. Okay, and is it full contact football, uh, and who's eligible to play? It is full contact, surprisingly. Eligibility requirements are um, a first responder, so... Policemen, firemen, firefighters, correctional officers, anybody that's in the federal law enforcement side as well is also eligible. Paramedics, eligible as well. We do do military, police, and fire. Okay, so where do you practice and who do you physically play against? Who's your season against? Our home field is the San Bernardino Valley College. Very, very grateful for the administrative staff there, Pacific Athletic Director Dave Rubio, very, very big supporter of us and our mission. That's where we practice and play our home games. And our schedule this year starts March 18th. We play the Los Angeles Police Department. 
in uh, in the Sacramento Valley. The Orange County Lawmen are going to come into into our our neighborhood here and play us here at Valley College on March 31st at 7 p.m. And then after that, we host kind of a big game for us, the Dallas Police and Fire Department area. They're coming into town. That game is April 15th. 2 p.m. will be the start time. Probably be our biggest charity game of the year. It's always fun to have uh, an out-of-state team come. And then we get to travel as well, which is a requirement by the league. So May 6th, we get to go to travel to Columbus, Ohio. We are traveling to play the Columbus Police and Fire uh, Departments and the local departments that are represented over there. Sort of a big game for us as well as traveling out of state. That's kind of when we all bond as a team. That camaraderie always gets a little bit more. Let me close out our season May 20th against the L.A. County Sheriffs back home locally here. Our plan is to make the championship game for our division in the NPSFL, and that will be held June 24th. It should be here local on the West Coast, hopefully at our, our own Valley College here. So we shall see. So that's your season in a nutshell. Thanks for sharing that. Now, who is coaching you? Who's telling you guys what positions you're going to play? Who's going to be quarterback? Who's going to be running back? Who's going to be playing where? And, and are you playing both offense and defense? Because I don't know how many guys you actually have involved or how big the team is. Yeah, so the team right now is about 40 to 45 players. That's always the toughest part is recruitment. You know, we, we try to get our fingers in all the departments out there. We're very spread out county as far as San Bernardino goes and Riverside as well. Very, very vast uh, areas. So we have players that come from Brawley PD, which is out there near Glamis. We have sheriffs that work near Morongo, Morongo Basin, which is way out there, 29 Palms. So they come a long ways up, up to Barstow. Uh, coaching staff-wise, our head coach is actually um, a guy by the name of Daryl Brown. He is a detective for the Menifee Police Department. He's played college football before. He's played in our league before. So he's very, very knowledgeable as far as football goes and the first responder side of it goes. And most importantly, what we do first is donate back into the community. So his understanding of all that really made him a great candidate for a head coach. This is his first year uh, guiding us. Guys are very, very excited for his leadership as well as I am. But he also brought in a plethora of coaches as well that have uh, a vast of experience in and around our own police and fire league as well as local high schools and, and colleges. All right, very good. So tell me how the funds are raised. The Ronald Tunnel House is definitely a, a charity that we donate from the league itself. Our own team has, has different ways that we donate specifically back into our community. The funds are raised directly out of our pocket. For the most part, every player is required to pay their what they call player dues. It can vary anywhere from $250 to $400 a year. That pays for uniforms. That pays for our operational costs as a team. And then after we get through all those monetary necessities, we're able to donate the rest of that. That's that's one way we raise the money. Other ways we raise it is through uh, fundraisers. Sponsorships are always very, very big for us. We do have a GoFundMe page as well. If anybody would you know, feel the need to participate and, and help us uh, fund our mission and our goals, we'd have a GoFundMe page under the San Bernardino Spartans football charity. We reach out to companies, uh, local companies, local businesses. So do you sell tickets to go to the games, or is there any money raised in that capacity? We do. We do sell tickets to the games. Usually they're about $5 entry fee. All the community is always welcome to come. More the merrier for, for us. Community engagement is a big, big part of what we're about. Um, we're giving free tickets out to the local Pop Warners, the local high schools, really to get the community engaged. Because, you know, we, we give back 
on duty so much as well. But these men and women that, that are part of our association also have a big a big need really for themselves to keep giving back even off duty. And this is kind of what our whole goal is. is even though we're off duty, we're playing a sport. It gives us these men and women an out for their uh, mental well-being. And also, at the same time, giving back to the community. So engage with these these kids. You don't know where these where they're coming from. Their backgrounds are so different and vast, just like all of us. And we can connect with them on different levels. And it really gives us a good chance to sort of meet us in a different setting than on the job as well. So it's kind of a unique setting. We really enjoy it. We love what we do. Very passionate for our goal. Let me reintroduce my guest is Ontario Police Officer Derek Alator. He is with the San Bernardino Spartans Football Association, and we've been talking about their season coming up, which they're hoping to make it to the final. So do you have a Super Bowl playoffs kind of thing? Yeah, actually we do uh, June 24th. Hopefully uh, our, our season leads us that direction. June 24th will be the championship game, and it should be held here on the West Coast. Uh, because there is teams across the country they rotate every uh, year who's going to host the uh, the championship game, whether it's on the East Coast or the West Coast. And are there snack bars open? Because, you know, that's what would get me there. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just talked to the uh, director Rubio about that. And, uh, yes, they're going to have snack bars. But that's definitely an important part of uh, making sure the fans are happy. you gotta, you got to do that. <laughs> and then when you travel, is that on your own dime when you guys – I know you guys pay your dues, you were saying. But um, when you travel to Dallas, will that be on your dime? Yeah, it actually is. It uh, It is on our own dime. We do it uh, for, uh, you know, many, many reasons. Usually these travel games that are hosted, just like Dallas coming here, is the biggest charity game of the year for those teams, us included. Tell me how you're giving back to the community other than bringing, you know, law enforcement and first responders together. Yeah, so we have actually various ways that we do it. Uh, one of our mission, one of our goals is to give back to injured and our fallen police officers or, or deputy sheriffs or firefighters. That's one thing that we do um, hold near and dear to our heart, just because that's our, our chosen profession. example of that was when a Riverside sheriff was uh, paralyzed in a training accident. You know, we found that, unfortunately, a lot of times uh, people get hurt on the job. And at, at first they're uh, taken care of, you know, but as the time goes on, they get forgotten about. And that's where we kind of step in a little bit. Say, hey, you're not, you're not forgotten about, you know, if there's something you need, we can help out. So when we spoke to that deputy at that time, he asked from his wheelchair state, he couldn't turn or, or, or close the blinds at night after saying goodnight to his kids because he couldn't reach them. Something very, very simple, right. you know, in our day-to-day lives was something so challenging for him. And we didn't really think about that. But, you know, when he said that, we reached out with a couple other companies and we actually ended up outfitting his house with a fully custom set of blinds. Oh, and how cool. That's very nice. I love that. Yeah, to see the, the tears come down his eyes makes everything worth what we're doing, you know. That is one way that we're giving back to the, the first responders. I'm actually starting to work with another organization called Breaking Barriers United. And through that organization, there's a program called Chosen. And we kind of discussed a little bit of how we can take part in that. Chosen program is a sort of a 10-month program really going after kids in school. So your high schoolers, maybe from a troubled background, maybe not. But somebody that was, uh, needs some good direction, leadership, uh, mentor, and that's where men and women of our, our organization can help these young kids in school get on the right path, make sure they're making the right decisions. You know, if they need someone to call, text, you know, we'll be there for them. But the way we would be given back is through scholarships. So if they, you know, are going down the chosen 
program and they're successfully doing, you know, what they have to do uh, in school and out of school as well. Relationships are, are very, very well that we would award them with scholarships to college. So that's definitely something we're working with as well in the coming months. Ooh, very good. Now, do you have any female players? We actually have an entire female flag football team as of right now. Uh, we have two sort of teams. We have a men's full tackle team and then a women's full flag football team. So, yeah, they compete in a, in a big tournament they hold once a year with local departments. And they also compete in the United States Police and Fire Championships down in San Diego every year as well. So they're, they're a very big uh, part of our contingency, too. But it's flag football. For them, it's flag, yeah, but they don't play. They'll, they'll knock you down. <laughs> no, I believe it, I'm sure. What position do you play? You know, I don't play anymore. I did play for about nine years before, but I um, I was a receiver back then. Now I'm strictly in an administrative role. So. And why are you involved? Why does it have your heart? You know, I think it's, um, I'll tell you this much right now. So most recently I was told by two of our players, this is sort of on the mental health aspect of it. You know, unfortunately, suicide is very big in our profession. It's sort of a, a sad reality. But we are definitely an, an out for these public safety first responders. And when people tell me, certain players say, I'm not too sure where I would be uh, if it wasn't for this team. Things like that really keep you going because if you can impact one person, you're probably impacting more and you just don't know it. And that's really what drives me. One thing that drives me is, is really being there for, you know, my brothers and sisters uh, that, are, that are out there on the front lines and giving them an out because the daily stressors impact everybody so differently. You don't know what's going on in their lives. So this definitely gives them an out, gives them a chance to work out and really get their mind off of things. So that's one thing. And the other thing I think is be able to be that leader, mentor to the youth. I think that's, I mean, I was a police explorer in my high school years. I met some the police officers uh, back then that are still my friends now. They've been mentors with me. They've given me, uh, you know, some of their wisdom and things that I, I truly hold that value them. Kind of why I'm going towards that scholarship uh, given to the youth program for us, as far as donations goes. But, I mean, having the chance to impact kids, too, on that level, I think can impact them in an insurmountable amount for the rest of their lives. So I think just the ability to give on and off duty really what, what attracts me and all the players, too. We're all in this together. Oh, nice. Well, Derek, I wish you the best this season. I hope you guys make it to the playoffs or your big game on June 24th. Thank you so much for your time and enjoy the game. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to all the community. Again, everybody's welcome to come out or, uh, you know, to support us. Our website is sbspartansfootball.org. Check us out on Instagram at sbspartansfb. Uh, please take part in our program. We're definitely involved in the community. That's our whole goal. To learn more about the San Bernardino Spartans Football Association, visit our website at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org lifestyles. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian and take the show on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919Lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. If you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you think would make a good segment on Lifestyles. Go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link to share your story idea. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, Natasha Coles, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. 
Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Yeah.